you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The Around the NFL podcast always gets their man. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined in a room that's filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hello. It's Monday. Everybody have a nice Mother's Day? Mark, you did not. What does that mean? Well, you texted with me. It, Simone's not first of all, hold Simone's on. not listening. She's not Back listening. the truck up. Well, I, it's not. It's, I, I, I think. I think that uh, you know, it, Mother's Day and Father's Day have now boiled down to. And tell me if I'm wrong. Um, in some, in sort of modern day scenarios, yeah. for like if you have young kids, where when you sort of ask, "What is it you would like for Mother's Day?" the the underlying request is for all of you to get out of the house. Mm. Um, which natural. we were not able to accomplish uh, to a satisfactory degree yesterday, I thought. So I think I could have done a better job. Let me put it right there. Uh, my wife was on a business trip that coincided with our anniversary Saturday and Mother's Day yesterday. So I actually, ha- handsome Hank of uh, Dave Damshek football program fame, and I, his wife also out of town, town his wife also named Emily, uh, we got together, took four boys and a girl, to a local area park, then went and got a little bite to eat, had a beer. Nice little Sunday. And, uh, Sounds nice. And then everything around that was pure hell. I am, this is, the, I've never, that was the worst weekend of my life. But now, <laughs> now it's in the clear. That, that's the thing. If you look at like hours. the Instagram feed, like there's a photo of us um, at Barney's 66 down in Santa Monica, Colton eating like a giant piece of bacon. It looks like we're having this amazing time. <laughs> but it was a nice hour and a half uh, clumped into what was a, a, a day where the two children could not have understood what Mother's Day stood for any less. 
Where was Simone in all this? <laughs> so you're saying social media sometimes paints a rosier picture than reality? Sometimes it does. No, she was she was not feeling too well also. So there were a lot of factors mm. that I think we need to redo. I mean, it wasn't. I saw that West went down to San Diego this nice, weekend, nice and it looked like quite luxurious and quite restful. I think we might have got to Sunday night in different places. It was semi-debauched. Wes only has a couple of these left, let's be honest. Yeah, I'm still in my, like, cancers in the rearview mirror liberation zone here. Yeah, but the Paramore is only going to be cool with that for so much longer, let's be honest. Before Mother's Day turns into something totally different for Mr. Wesley. Oh, no, there's – after Tybee is the reckoning. Mm. Whoa. Ouch. That's like my my recess is over. It's back to school. That's when Lakeisha takes off your pants and puts them on her body. Uh, this is all totally unrelated to the Paramore. Sometimes you check yourself in the mirror and know that a reckoning has to come. Does she know about this uh, timeline? Self-reckoning. No, it's more of a self. It's something I decided over the past couple of weeks as I was slowly regressing to what I was before cancer. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Wes, Wes, I feel like is that's kind of your move. Every once in a while, you sort of check yourself, you reevaluate, and then you change some things. That's yeah, because I am. I have a long history of making bad decisions. So... <laughs> When you pile, when you stack up bad right. decisions, there's a reckoning that comes from that. You have to look in the this, mirror and then step back and say, I have to be a new person. Another example would be your Odul summer of 2009. I don't know if that's the correct year, <laughs> but there was an Odul summer. It was actually a different, it was some It's fa- a non-alcoholic brew some, for those that aren't aware. It was like a, a Buckley's, I think it was called, like a fancy non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. Right. That might have been like 2011. 2011. Yeah. Oh, the Odul summer of 11. That was no, it was no fun, I'll tell yeah, you that much. It. Uh, all right. Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast, Monday edition. Big show coming up. Uh, we're going to talk about a famous player retiring, a famous coach uh, passing away, and other news, uh, including a famous tight end who's in his final year of his 20s. Then, Greg, you've been working on your um, projected starter series. You do it every year. Uh, so we said, Greg, it's time for you to out with it. Let's get some provocative hot takes from you connected to your uh, projected starter series. Uh, and then a little a special guest at the end of, end of the show. That's all I'll say. Special guest we haven't heard from in a while, and it's time to touch base. Uh, but before Tony Romo that, back on the show, Tony Romo's back yeah. <laughs> to tell us an amusing anecdote about his uncle that sure, surely was not canned or re- read off a script. Uh, that's a <laughs> that's some deep cuts from longtime listeners might understand it, but let's do some news, Lindsay. I got married and I moved to Nashville. Jay is a different breed. Writing me love emails and love letters. I don't know what happened. You decided to go to bed at 845 or not? <laughs> uh, that's Kristen Cavallari Cutler, uh, who has a new reality show, I believe, on E. And, of course, the voice there was Jay Cutler. Uh, who Mark could not look any more schlumpy at that fine eatery. Uh, where he says that line about his wife. The -the off-the-field Jay Cutler, I am a tremendous fan of. And he, yes, he's sitting with, it looks like they're on some sort of a double date. (laughs) And he's wearing just a giant winter hat and like basically bro it out clothing, just sort of sitting slumped away from Kristen Cavallari. And when she tries to complain about, oh, you used to write all these little love emails. He was like, no, no, no. You go to bed at 8.45 yeah. p.m. That, that is was, the end of love That emails. was kind of a cutting line. That yeah. was, it was cutting, yeah. but it is, I think I think every married couple can say on either side, you used to do this, and now you don't, and here's why, and it's like... 
Now not everyone has cameras in a. That mic was a good out. tease. <laughs> that made me yeah. want to watch the show. I might. I would, I'll watch the parts for him. Exactly. Right. I'll fast forward because right. the dynamic, even in that little clip, was amazing. He sort of obviously did not care about her friends or what was oh. going on, <laughs> and then she she pops in, and he immediately has a zigger right back. This is a man wearing the pants in the relationship. Yeah, it's clear that that had been a conversation that's had many times before, and he doesn't care about airing the dirty laundry. I mean, the I check out the tweet, uh, and we'll send it out from around the NFL or one of our accounts. He's leaning back. He's in, like, a sweatsuit. He's either just belched or farted. <laughs> and they're at this, like, fine restaurant where everyone is dressed up. Kristen Cavallari, fashion is her thing. They're all wearing, like, $10,000 outfits and earrings and jewelry. And this guy just feels like he rolled off an airplane uh, where he had, like, a, a red-eye flight. It's awesome. I so approve. All right. So uh, what's the name of that show, Mark, that we're going to be watching? Uh, I think it's like keeping up with. Ca- I will research this. It's not keeping up. With ca- <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. <laughs> the Adventures of Jay and <laughs> keeping up with the. Covers. I know the name of her jewelry store. Wow. Uh, we will start uh, with uh, what is the name of it? It is. It is Uncommon James. Very cavalry. I have stepped foot in it. <laughs> you want to chase the paramore out of they it? They had they had multiple <laughs> meetings calls to come up with very cavalry. Like very that was like a multi-week process to get to that. The Paramore Wes, you said uh, in our uh, I am client. You went on like a scavenger hunt to find Jay Cutler's wife's um home improvement store or whatever it is. I don't know. We went to Nashville and if I didn't know any better, the entire purpose of going to Nashville was to go to like Cavalieri's jewelry shop. She's all over the show. She's basically told Wes we were going to be watching this in our shared locations and Wes has said, "No." The Paramore dragging west to jewelry shops. Connect the dots. <laughs> we start with some sad news in the NFL. Former Rams and Seahawks coach Chuck Knox has died at the age of 86. The Seahawks confirmed this on Sunday. Uh, one of the winningest coaches in NFL history, Ground Chuck, was twice named NFL Coach of the Year with the Seahawks in 83 and 84. He coached Seattle from 83 to 91. Uh, winning records in six of those nine seasons, uh, reached the AFC Championship game in his first year uh, with the team, 12 wins the following season. Uh, so obviously in a time, Mark, when the Seahawks weren't the Seahawks that we know today that had that glory run with Pete Carroll and the Legion of Boom, Knox was, Knox was kind of a towering figure of the pre uh Legion of Boom era. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to forget that this was an expansion team that had not had much success at all. And I think the Chuck's not Chuck Knox. We talk all the time teams that didn't have an identity. Chuck Knox was one of the first coaches in Seattle to come in and provide that for them. They had a, a fair amount of stars during his run. Cortez Kennedy, uh, Kenny Easley. I know that's a big West guy. Steve Largent back in the day. Dave Craig, the up and down quarterback. But I think when you that I came into football around 1985 and. Whenever you find football or a sport that you love and you really dive into it as a younger person, especially, you become uh, imbued and like enamored with all the current coaches and the current stars. And they're kind of unforgettable for you. And Dave Craig was one of those guys. The old AFC West, back before they moved to the NFC, was a wild division. And they were a starring contributor to the old AFC West. Kurt Warner was on that team. Yep. Uh, I think of the Rams, really, when I think of Chuck Knox. And I know like... He's more known for his Seahawks career now, but his first five seasons of his career, he won the NFC West with the Rams. He went to three straight conference title games, lost all three, and it's because he never had a quarterback. I mean, the 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 record in Los Angeles when he came in there is outrageous. I mean, he the worst record he had in his first four seasons was ten and four, just doing 
the math here, I think it was 54 and 17. I mean, that is unbelievably Whoa. dominant. Had the number one defense a few of those years. Had the number one offense the first was... one of those years. Uh, but kind of like an Andy Reid in Philadelphia, maybe totally Here's different the... style. Didn't win in the. Didn't get to the. Super Bowl. I would say he was the 1970s version of Marty Schottenheimer. Okay. Where he yeah, was too makes... run heavy, too defense heavy. And if you read like Lawrence McCutcheon, who was his running back with the Rams, had criticisms that he didn't have a balanced offense and then teams knew how to stop them in the playoffs every year. Well, it's wild. He got fired after that run, 54-17, and 17, and, and then he, he got let go, which is, which is rough. But, yeah, you mentioned Seattle. That was the first time they had even ever made the playoffs. I forgot he came back to the Rams in the mid-'90s and coached them. Chuck Knox passes away at the age of 86. Uh, moving on. D'Angelo Hall is ending his NFL career after 14 seasons. The longtime Redskins cornerback is retiring, he told reporters on Monday. Uh, he is thinking about his next step, maybe TV, maybe moving into a front office position if he can get one. Uh, he was a first-round pick of the Falcons way back in 2004. Uh, spent nine and a half seasons, though, with the Redskins, where he became a staple of that secondary. And, Greg, he was a guy that I feel like D'Angelo Hall has been in the league for 25 years. Uh, it wasn't quite that long, but he put together a really long and strong NFL career. Yeah, he was kind of a sensation when he first came in in 2004 just because of his mouth, really. I mean, partly cutting. I mean, not in a bad way. He was a provocateur. I mean, he had a big mouth. He came in. He got a lot of hype around him. He was a little up and down uh, in Atlanta. I always thought of him when we were at Roto World as a guy who, like, maxed out his money. So, like, I think that maybe that's not that important to us, but I'm sure other players kind of think about that and they look at the kind of career he had. Not a guy who was making a ton of Pro Bowls. He made a ton of money from the Falcons in that old you know rookie contract, and then and then of course from the Redskins too. And there was a and stop the Raiders. The Raiders. Stop. He well, it was like a weird games. trade to Oakland, and then it then it he was cut after yeah. the season. He's he has said though because he he they he's he kind of views himself. If they weren't for the injuries over the last couple years. He views himself, he said, as a gold jacket Hall of Fame player. And now, we may not agree, but he said, I'm going to get there one way or other, whether it's through coaching or through being an executive. I'm going to find my way to Ken. I thought, wow, that's, you don't, that's kind of a fiery exit interview. Yeah, I don't like his chances of wearing a gold jacket. I don't think he made a, a Pro Bowl. Well, I think he agrees that it's going to have to come through another route. I, bet. I mean, the longevity, how many players would take the longevity? I mean... Or the paycheck. And, and he, but he was a guy, and I think this is important thing about his time in Washington. He was a guy known as kind of a heady player, kind of the guy that other guys in the secondary looked to as a leader, uh, as a very smart player. And so may, who knows? Maybe the front, we've seen him around later Culver in his City. career. Early later. in his career, he's known for his speed and taking a lot of gambles. And tying back to our news drop today in 2010, he had a game where he intercepted Jay Cutler four times in a single game. That's an NFL record. Tied for an NFL record, so that's pretty cool. He owns Jay Cutler. My bad for good odd. for taking Pro Bowls away from him. Made three. three, made three. All right, moving on. Blake Bortles. Listen, say what you will about the man, but he is a guy that will not stand for petty thievery. Uh, here's a headline from the L.A. Times: uh, Blake Bortles helps detain teen accused of trying to steal his truck, comma wallet at Jaguars party. <laughs> Great headline. <laughs> It all happened uh, at a party at teammate Brandon Linder's Jacksonville Beach home. A young man by the name of Joseph Horton, 18 years old, opened the door to Bortles' uh, truck. Wes, I know you're 
a truck guy, so I'll tell you the model and make. It's a Ford F-150, very popular it's model. Nice. I had a Dodge Ram. All right. <laughs> the, the most popular truck in the world, or certainly in this country. Dodge Ram? Pretty, no. The Are you tracking, F-150? The, tracking the rankings? <laughs> F-150. Well, I read, the, I read this article how Ford's given up on on. You know, cars in right, the U.S. Sedans. In part of it is just because their truck is by far the best-selling truck. Do we think Ichiro's heard of the, the F-150 world. vehicle? <laughs> That's pretty good in is Europe. Is this the uh, this article? Is yeah. this the pickup truck, truck, uh, <laughs> pick truck uh, podcast? I didn't think we'd be hosting this, but we did it anyway. Bortles' uh, new Ford F-150 parked in Linder's driveway, and uh, the young man Joseph Horton, age 18, uh, rummaged through the truck, took Bortles' wallet, and by the way. I was about to get on Bortles for leaving his wallet in his truck. I do that all the time. Always, old Zeusers always leaving his wallet on his front seat and all stupid things. <laughs> what's like that. what's in your car right now? My key to my car is <laughs> I mean, in my so- car downstairs. I, I I asked the the gentleman in this studio, "Do you think it's a problem that the key to my car is just sitting in my car right now?" No one seemed nervous, so I'm not either. Well, you're at yeah, you're at work. There's security and whatnot. Yeah. I did notice Sully, who was with us pre-taping a video before we did this podcast. After he heard that, he did kind of make a quick exit. So, <laughs> joyriding like in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Anyway, way, this kid belongs behind bars. Well, Joey Horton, who? Age Horton? First of all, don't take stuff that's not yours. That's number one. Yeah. Two, this kid's weird. Not only is he going through the truck, he couldn't move the truck, so he actually went to the party. Eighteen-year-old yes. kid just walks in the guy's house for the Jaguar. I party. admire Stones a little bit. When, He's a crazy when human. Linder asked uh, Joey. Uh, who he was, Horton replied, Joe, and walked upstairs, according to the police report. Linder then realized the young man didn't belong in the house, called police, and then Linder Bortles and Jaguars guard Chris Reed, um, I guess made a citizen's arrest, if you will, on Horton, uh, Joey H., until police arrived. This is the part of the story I would like to see in the flesh, because it sounds, oh, it's nice that Bortles did this, but suddenly you're Joey Horton, age 18, and you are being held in a driveway by three large NFL players I just would like to see how that went down. Yeah. I wonder if maybe Joey started to crack a sweat at that point. His prank had, had hit the bricks. <laughs> I don't know if it was a prank. Joey, well, whatever you want to call it. A crime. Maybe a crime thievery. would be more technically yeah, correct. Best case scenario, he's got a little DiCaprio in him from Catch Me If You Can. Worst case scenario, he's just a psycho killer. Mm. Exactly. In yeah. training. Right. Working he's got, some, he's got some chutzpah, you know? <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. When you try to steal somebody's pickup well, truck, the, the fact that he went into the party, that's real. Lindsay, let's, get, let's try to get Joey Horton on the show. <laughs> Can you uh, reach out to the necessary bumping Connor or for Joey Horton? Um, <laughs> that's a spoiler alert right there, right there for later in the show. You guys never heard that. Apologies. You never heard it. Moving on. John Elway. Oh, yeah. John Elway. This one's for John. This one's for John. This one's for John. This John Elway sees excellence. He knows excellence. And he says, the Bolts, the Chargers, the team to beat in the AFC West. Oh, my goodness. That sounds similar to some, like, literally everyone in the studio. So I'll let you guys, I'll give you guys your mandatory 90 seconds to get all excited about the Chargers. Hit it. Well, every other team in the division has football questions. The only questions surrounding the Chargers are related to the occult. Are they haunted? Like, really, what, that's all anybody can come up with why it, for why the Chargers won't win the division. Well, they have still got still got about sixty-seven well, El- seconds. It, Elway, he's a you know clearly a great evaluator of talent, as you said. Uh, I I've been trying to pare down what what are my hot takes. Here's a Chargers hot take for you: they got the deepest cornerback group 
there in the is. NFL that's right cool. now. And, and so, the best pass rusher. So that's duo. what I think John Elway sees. You get Jason Verrett, Jason Verrett back to a group that was already great last year. It's as deep as any secondary. They don't have an overt weakness. Uh, I think we get that at this point if you listen to this show. They have a quarterback that but, can't get a team over the hump to save his life. Well, according to We're John Elway, to they're, they're the here. one team with a settled quarterback. I found it interesting What's that after hump? going out and chasing Case Keenum, that he did not mention his own team as being settled at quarterback. I mean, we love we love to kill uh, Eli Manning for being washed up, but that guy's got two rings. What's, what's Philip Rivers done in his career? I mean, the difference between the two of them is one of them's a good football player. And one has two rings. Right, but that was 10 years ago. What What's that got to do with now? Six, but... The first I, this fe- this ball, just feels like psychological team. warfare to me from L.A. <laughs> I think he's just. This is a perfect I Elway in the studio. No, well, that too. I mean, of course, it morphs into an Eli Manning scenario, but it's like rings, bro. Elway, this is just Elway dropping little nuggets in the middle of in the middle of May. How, how if nice. anything, it's a it's a slight towards the Chiefs, you know, who I know they lost their quarterback and all, and but you know have been hefty portion of their defense, n- not a great portion of it. They they only lost guys other than Peters uh, that they wanted to get rid of. Peter's right, so one. who did they bring in that's so great and is going to re- – now, I mean, they they have one of their worst defenses in the league, don't they? We'll see. All right. <laughs> see. All right, we have to have hit 90 seconds by now. That's it. Okay. We hit it. It was 110, but I wanted you guys to enjoy it. Uh, the Supreme Court, big news and potentially troubling uh, for our podcast because of Greg's past issues and struggles with addiction. The Supreme Court uh, sh- has struck down a law against sports gambling. Uh, the Supreme Court on Monday struck down a federal law that bars gambling on football, basketball, baseball, and other sports in most states, giving states the go-ahead to legalize betting on sports. Greg, you are our betting insider. Uh, so the, we will throw it to you now. The Supreme Court, and you could give a little more context, Greg, to this, ruled to strike down the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act, which I know has been a thorn in your side, Greg. Now, the 1992 law barred state-authorized sports gambling with some exceptions. Uh, people are that are against this, including union leaders uh, are really fired up about this and say it's a major concern for the leagues and the future of the sports. Why Greg, why are people so upset? I, I don't sense that. I don't think there are that many people that upset. I think this is a popular decision, which is just legalizing uh, an industry, which is already making, I think some sort of, estimate it's like a 50 billion dollar industry under the table on some level and it's just making it legal i find it really interesting just how quickly the winds changed 2015 roger goodell uh was very public in terms of how against he was uh changing some of the laws that was the same year uh, i believe they stopped our friend uh, michael fabiano from being part of this like fantasy convention that was in Vegas just because it was like in Vegas. Now we have a team moving to Vegas. The law, which is now it's giving the states for for people, especially outside of the U.S., it's allowing the states to basically choose whether they want to legalize sports gambling or not. New Jersey is going to do it quickly. There's a bunch, a few other states that will do it quickly, and it's expected that probably the majority of states will do it, you know, at some point in the next five years. It takes it takes time, but just how quickly it changed from three years ago to now there's going to be a team there. It's essentially going to be legal in a lot of states. And oh, by the way, Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones are investors in daily fantasy sports companies, which isn't, you know, there's a 
difference between that and straight-up sports gambling, but now it's kind of all going to be in the same box, and it's going to be a huge industry. It reminds me a little bit of the state-by-state, um, I guess, groundswell at one point in terms of legalizing marijuana. And from another angle, too, if you're going, if you, if marijuana is in your uh, you know, world to do, if it's an interest of yours, you were doing it before and after it was legalized. And if you want to gamble, you were gambling before and after it's legalized in your particular state. I mean, they, they talk about the prop bets alone that occurred at the last Super Bowl. Thousands of billions of dollars passed back and forth on bets like what color will the liquid be that is poured on the game winning coach? The answer was lime green, yellow. And I mean, tons of cash are going on. And these are bets you being placed. you got a problem if you're making that bet. Well, that but where does the problem begin or end? We don't. We can't judge that. I understand why you went with fruit punch, Greg. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I just think I think the growth the growth angle for it is big because it it ta- they talk about internationally. You can people that aren't watching football normally because of, if you're in England at what time it starts. If you are into gambling, that could change a lot. It can open new doors. So I think the league is going to ultimately smile on it because it means mm. major cash. They can say what they want about uh, the integrity and all that stuff, but that that door has already been blown wide open. Football is being bet on nonstop if you want to do it already. It's amazing to watch over the past three decades the country's attitude change on gambling and marijuana, the two. Among other things. But just to watch, I think we've all just decided that among the things we need to be scared of in life, those two don't rank very high. And it's just been amazing to watch. It's going to change. There's... A lot to unpack with it just in how it's going to, you know, how how much do they embrace it? Like, is it going to be in the stadiums like in the Premier League where you can do in-game kind of betting and you just have like you're you're doing, hey, well, who's going to win? Who's going to have the next, you know, corner kick or whatever? And it's just like on an app on your phone or the team's going to get that involved. The, the, the league, I think. I find it hard to believe that it will become like that. I would just say this: no way to fifteen, know. whether whatever the time frame is down the road, the same way that we quarter by quarter tweet and tout fantasy stars. When that first all that's that's just commonplace. None of that was happening fifteen, twenty years ago at all. It seems so alien. The idea that like someone can win that a million, two million, three hundred million dollars switches hands because so and so scored team X scored a touchdown drive in under two minutes, and people were betting at the start of the kickoff at each one of those things if there's still a kickoff, like that's going to become just as big of a deal right. as fantasy they, football. The confusion in the leagues, I think, are have already started to ask you know, Congress for is that if it's not legal in every state, then how do they come up with kind of a uniform policy of how the league is handling it? But, but either way, it's going to change like advertising is going to change a lot, but everything's cool with you. Nothing's changed for me. (laughs) I work for the NFL. You are not allowed uh, to bet on football. And that's true. I just took my compliance since well, uh, well before I worked at the NFL. I just signed my compliance papers and absolutely it is a no go. Finally, in the news, Rob Gronkowski, the Patriots tight end, turns 29 years uh, old today. So the final year of uh, Gronk's 20s. You can't say that Gronk didn't make the most of his 20s. Let's be honest. Uh, A couple stats for you uh, stat heads out there. Most receiving touchdowns by age 29. Gronk, third on the all-time list. Who's ahead of him, boys? Randy Moss and Jerry Rice. Correct. Correct. And uh, one thing to keep in mind as he approaches age 30 uh, Gronk has appeared uh, in just two 16-game seasons in his whole career. So he's had health problems. It happens every year. But when he's on the field, he remains dominant. 
We'll see if he can stay on the field as he starts to get a little bit older. Or if he's going to choose to stay on the field because we know he already floated retirement once earlier this offseason. You look at Tony Gonzalez. He had eight seasons starting with his age 30 season from beyond age 29 and essentially dominant through all of them in terms of number of catches, how he was used in the offense. If Gronk wants to keep being called the best tight end of all time, he can't just hang it up in two years, I don't think. That would be my guess. I don't. I think if he even cares. I don't know. I, if I don't know if he cares or not. Yeah. But it's just like there, lo- there is, there's history of longevity at that position. That's uh, true. It, all right. No, go on. Go ahead. You sure? I'm so sure. Your boy. <laughs> I'm so. I would just say that for the better part of a decade, he's been one of the top ten players in the NFL. That is amazing for a tight end. Mm-hmm. If he never played another game, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yes. He's that level. Yeah. Of talent, And if you can do that before you turn 30, you've had a special career. All right, that's what's happening in the news. Uh, all right, so as uh, we've mentioned, and if you go to NFL.com, you're aware Greg has been cranking out content, NFL.com slash projected starters. You go through, Greg, let the listeners know, you're going through each team and basically projecting what the week one lineup is going to be, the uh, all 22, if you will. That's it. Basically choosing who's going to get the most snaps, uh, from each team's lineup. So, you know, in today's NFL, sometimes it's only two defensive linemen or two linebackers. It's, you know, there's a lot of a lot of guys in the secondary on the field, but basically just picking up your starting lineups. Not too complicated. And then some little notes. Some the little, people like it, though. Some little thoughts. The people like it. I don't know. Do you They're like crazy it? crazy about it. I like it. They're lining up for it. I like it. I like it as an exercise. It's almost it's a selfish exercise. Uh, I, I like it as just a a way to kind of study up on all the teams. Then right. you get a better picture, and it all just kind of sits in your noggin going into the season. I mean, other people are – there's entertainment being brought to it to others and in, in knowledge, yeah. so it's not totally selfish. It's I would win. look at it as – Hopefully it's a know. win-win. It's also yeah. the middle of May, so there's not a lot of news to talk about. And so this is – you know, this way I can, like, look at it and start thinking – Wow, that uh, Raiders secondary looks terrible. Right, so it obviously serves a purpose for you personally, but the content itself, <laughs> it it does serve a purpose for the audience and the people that want to learn more about their teams and the other. The teams football heads about. like it, yeah. Like yes. I, I think it takes a a level of dorkiness to really want to dive deep into this in May. But there's a lot of people like that, especially on you know that read NFL.com in May. So some would say it's a it's a niche uh, <laughs> type of column, but if you do live in that niche, you love it every year. It's like the baseball so. fans reading Bill James in 1986. <laughs> there you go. It's <laughs> the same. I mean, the o- the t- opening tagline says it all. Greg Rosenthal will project post-draft starting lineups for all 32 teams. Dash, dash, called an M-dash, by the way. Uh-huh, internally. Because that's his idea of fun. Ooh, there you go. I like that. That's an important, because it's, it's like, sell. just be aware this is a little nerdy. Uh, but if you're into this... If you're into it, you are into it. So I feel like yeah. what we have is a perfect marriage here. We have content that not only like is if- getting Greg smarter and making him more knowledgeable, it's making the reader more knowledgeable and smarter about the game. I feel, I, do we have like time to fill or something? This is like, I mean, we're checking every possible this is box like here. Siciliano like suddenly has like two hours to spin on one story. And he's just All right. Dancing. So that said, so now you understand what the segment, what, what that, what that story and these stories are all about. But what makes 
a provocative hot take. Now you're taking, you're going to take something that's at its base is a, a niche type of article, but you're going to you're going to pull out of it a real provocative hot yeah. take that even you know the guys that don't exist in the lab, and I don't know what that's like not to be in a lab anymore. But the guys that are up in the kitchen, <laughs> they're interested. So Greg's going to give us five, and then I guess we will decide. We being Mark, Wes, and myself, whether it is a true hot take. Okay, well or I didn't if know. It's mm. kind of lukewarm. Yeah, some of these are some of these are more just yeah observations than uh, than necessarily. I'll try I'll try to pick the hottest takes possible. Okay. How about this one? Marvin Lewis is not an idiot. Well, Marvin him? Lewis is an idiot. Hmm. If not if nothing else, just one little factoid I had looking at this uh, these projected starters was that the Bengals only have two players projected to start that are from another organization, and one of those is Preston Brown, who might not even you know, be on the field more than 50% of the time. And it just got me thinking, like, the Bengals' head coaching job is just different than every other head coaching job. You're asked to That's do things sure. in terms of drafting and developing and just, hey, we're going to draft you guys, your players, and then we're just going to keep the players. And those are basically the players you're going you're gonna to play with. And, and there's a lot of reasons why the Bengals' job is not uh, like, like others. But it just made me – it reminded me that Marvin Lewis is not it. How about the- that, Wes? This was uh, what? What's the Around the Horn show on ESPN? Around the Horn. I wouldn't have given him any any points really because it was a tepid take at first. <laughs> but the point about him being asked to do this yeah. organization is not like any organization. He really does have to do the scouting. His coaching staff has to do a lot of stuff that people, other people's scouting departments do. I'm conflicted about Marvin Lewis. I mean, Mark's right. Sometimes he's an idiot. Well, the, you're dropped from three <laughs> that, years ago. Yeah, Marvin that, Lewis is an that idiot. That drop is not like evergreen despite it being played nonstop. Some people actually think that that's me saying it live on the show. I got asked that question. It is. It is not. It is a. It is an old take. <laughs> we just, we just like point at Mark in a certain no. way, and he takes. I'll give the Bengals credit because when they did go out and get one player out from outside the organization, it, it somewhat self-corrected the Andrew Whitworth departure from a year ago. When you go out and get Cordy Glenn at a position where that offensive line was their undoing last year, so that was a smart thing. But you're, but I would say even in two, in 2015, two or three seasons in a row, we would point to the Bengals and say. No other team in the AFC has the level of talent that the Bengals do, but they simply don't get it done when the games happen. So, positive to Marvin Lewis for overseeing that, but then the games happen, and where is Marvin Lewis who's going to give you that hot January where suddenly the Bengals live up to their talent? Yeah. And Marvin Lewis starts. Agree with everything you just said. Yeah, I, I do too. And this isn't the most talented Bengals team that we've seen, but there's potential. I there think, is. I think the ceiling for this team, if things go right, including that Cordy Glenn trade, you know, they only have two guys that I projected as starters from other organizations. Well, Glenn is one of the most important guys on the whole team, and they made that was a nice trade. I think they didn't give up much to do that. But ultimately, by if they could have re-signed Andrew Whitworth, I'll say one thing. Like, a year later, you give up a lot to get Cordy Glenn in terms of you could have just re-signed your own guy who played at a high level for the Rams last year and probably helped is a, like one of the guys that turned that offense around. So please. So your final take on Marvin Lewis. <laughs> well, Marvin Lewis is an idiot. Oh, that, so okay, it didn't change how you I feel mean, at all. You just keep saying it. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> well, Marvin Lewis is an idiot. All right. All right. We get it. Um, by the way, 16th season. That yeah. is crazy. That's why it's a job like no other. It is. Well, there's a lot of reasons, but that one above all else. That you could stay in the NFL, never go to a Super Bowl, never, never really make a deep playoff game. run, never win a playoff game, period, 
and enter your 16th season. There are 31 other organizations where that would not fly. It, another, another. Let's say you're not an idiot yeah, if you can pull that off. That's, <laughs> no, that's true. Pick the right spot. There's. It also reminded me doing this projected starters thing that you know, Vinny Ray, Vincent Ray is projected to start for Vontez Perfect while he, you know, fulfills his suspension. And I was thinking, it's a really. He is the only designated suspension filler in the entire <laughs> league. Every year I do this projected starters, he's starting in week one <laughs> for Vontez Perfect who's suspended. It's, it's not a like, bad oh yeah, we, we keep him around. Just to just be it. good for like two to four weeks every year and you'll, you'll keep getting pro- paychecks. All right, that was, I think that's a pretty good hot take though because uh, good start. Of, a lot of, what, I didn't know these were going to be there. graded on the level of heat. <laughs> Wes, one these... to ten, what, what's the heat on that one? <laughs> he saved it at the end. I'll give it a good solid seven and a half. Seven and a half. Hmm. Uh, can, we, can we get some fire, Lindsay? <laughs> okay. There we go. Next, provocative take, hopefully hot. All right. Well, this one I'm going to combine. I'm going to combine two just to make it even even hotter. Ooh. The flame. The flame. Just, just looking at the rosters. Here we go. The Buffalo Bills have the worst offensive roster in the league, and the Indianapolis Colts have the worst defensive roster in the league. Okay. Combining them two. Would you like me to score that right? I up mean, if that? that's yeah. It's a one. Yeah. Oh, give me a break. Everybody knows the Bills have the worst offensive roster. You can be right, but also not be provocative. I think you're right. There's 31 other teams, though. The Colts, you know, the, whatever the Colts especially. The you want whatever points for knowing how many teams there are? I but, feel like it's yeah. the third year in a row where you look at the Colts' defense and you're like, who's the guy you'd put on the ticket or the game program from their defense? Name a cornerback for the Indianapolis Colts. It's an ever-churning list of no-names, so I cannot. Pierre Desir is like their best cornerback. That's not a real name. That he, <laughs> he, he is not their best cornerback. They they will believe that Quincy Wilson, who they think. Right. I was saying who, they, who actually is their best quarterback, not the guy they benched his entire rookie season. Yeah. Um, it's pretty rough. So what you're saying, though, even though it's not necessarily provocative. I mean, there's th- I so think that's looking... provocative because the, there's a whole field out there of other defenses. Okay. I get that. I get, that's why you said it. But like when you went through this exercise. Those were you were like, whoa, this, re- this really is a bad situation for both teams. Maybe Chris Ballard sees something and is building something. What's your favorite type of frog? That we don't totally get yet. You know, he's got a new defensive coordinator, a totally new system there. You know, not many people could name their defensive coordinator Matt Eberfluss. I don't even know how to pronounce Luster. it. Luster. He's been with Dallas for the last few years. <laughs> Luster is not a nickname you want as a <laughs> football coach. Especially a D coordinator. <laughs> He's already got a nickname on this show. Tom Brady is cost midfield. What's Fluster going to do about it? It's like sweating profusely, <laughs> like trying to get in the, hit the exits. But it's like if running he's great, the though, then it, the nickname takes on a new meaning. Right, he may, flusters the opposing quarterback. I think they've got a better. Oh, that's true. I think there's some things. Their offensive line's better. You know, there's some things on offense to be excited about. They but, can be a really good offense. Defense, it's like who not only is just who's your best player, like who could possibly make a Pro Bowl, let's say, out of the Colts defense. What do you think just of Malik, Malik Hooker? Hooker? Yeah. Malik Hooker. Yeah. If, if the your best very high on him last year. Yeah, but he's coming off an ACL yeah. and that's your right. one guy who it, has Pro yeah. Bowl potential. You made a good point about the Colts offense where it was it, Andrew Luck came into the league and had you know, as Peyton Manning did before him, a wealth of wide receiver and receiving talent in general around him. And now it's the line which we've killed for half a decade is improved in the wide receiver talent, not so much. And, uh, and I guess the Bills, the, the thing that struck me about them is just most teams, it's like they hit either – you don't have like an offensive line that looks terrible on paper and a skill position group that kind of looks bad on paper, but the Bills have both. 
I mean, yeah, they've they got LaShawn McCoy in 10 kind of question marks. They could have the worst offensive line, worst wide receiver core, and worst quarterback room in the NFL. I was down in the lab over <laughs> the weekend uh, – uh, watching some film of DJ White. Not on Saturday, you weren't. I think he can do some. Uh, <laughs> I think he do some work in the slot. So. DJ White. I mean, if we're gonna kill DJ we, White, what? I don't have him on my starters. Is He's an actual DJ. <laughs> Who is that? He's a DJ. <laughs> to be fair to like Dolphins fans, their offense I would take in two seconds over anything that's happening in Buffalo right now. It's completely much more solid in that own division. Absolutely. Look, DJ White right there. He's going to make his way right up there. Oh, he's a fourth-string weak-side linebacker. All right. What else you got, Greg? Well, you got to keep this moving because we got a special guest coming up soon. Okay, well, this isn't really uh, – see, I, I like Colleen Wolf. I don't think I understood, you know, the – the function of this segment. No, oh, uh, Colleen gets dragged into like, it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's your honest take, like yeah. It's five observations. It's May 14th. Five, I mean, whatever. It's five, fine. Five observations. This is going fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Giants – I don't know if you guys – you haven't dived into fantasy strategy, Dan, quite as much um, you know, in, through the years, theories and stuff. But it used to be a popular fantasy strategy, stars and scrubs. Mm. That was a strategy. I've never heard Tell of it. Tell me more. You know, especially like in auction drafts, you know, stars and scrubs. You spend a lot of money on the uh, stars. I get it. I get you it. Spend Makes your, sense. You spend your less on the scrubs. That's a it's good the way only to, way to play auction. Right. Exactly. That's, that's the thought. The Giants. Tough, guys. The Giants are the stars and scrubs. Team Ooh, I like that. of the NFL that's because provocative. that's provocative. You look at you, <laughs> that's a ten. Yes, that's a ten. Ten out of eleven out of ten. Thank God, I love you in the dust, Colleen. You're done. <laughs> Stars and scrubs. Very uh, nice. Put an asterisk by that one. Very you, nice. You got you know you got Janoris Jenkins. You got Snacks Harrison. You got Olivier Vernon. Uh-huh. And uh, who else am I forgetting on their defense uh, that that could be great? Landon Collins. I mean, those are some stars. If he's healthy, yep. But then you kind of look at the other spots, and you really don't know. Then you look at their offense. I don't know if there's a better combination of a running back, two young receivers, and tight end in the league in terms of young, fun talent than Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, and Evan Ingram. You love yourself some Evan Ingram, too. I do. I love Ingram, and I love Shepard. Eight months. And so the four of them, but then you look at the rest of the, the offense, and it's like, Huh? Like people are, people are penciling in Cody Latimer. They're like, oh, that's their slot receiver. They signed him. Like what? The Broncos? He couldn't get on the field for the Broncos for four years. They don't have anyone. I like it. This is a great take, uh, Dan. Who are Chad Wheeler and Patrick Amame? They are Giants offensive linemen, actually. Nice. That's yeah. who's starting on the right side of the line, Whew. and everyone says this is a, life in the a, lab. A really stuff. improved. I know. Nicely done. <laughs> they have a bad line still. I, it's hard I, I to think improve. they have you got it's Nate a Solder. huge question mark. Yeah. yeah, and Solder's got to be healthy and play like Nate Solder. Nobody mentions the other three guys. It's just Nate Solder and Will Hernandez every time. Yeah, and it could be Eric Flowers who did return to the team. They tried to trade him. I didn't project him as a starter just because we'll see. We'll see what happens Like if he sticks with the team. The one thing with offensive lines and even defenses, to be fair, with Indianapolis, sometimes a coaching change, they're tough to predict. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. All right, that's good, Greg. You got your dignity back there. Now we're going to close strong. How about one more? You got one more? You don't even have to hit a home run. You already hit a home run, so you're kind of playing with half. Round will double right here. Yeah. Or just All right. Like a chopper up the middle. The the Jacksonville Jaguars are one of the most stable franchises in the NFL. You know, you don't really Stable. think of them that way. But when you look at all the players returning, how how little turnover they have on the, in terms of their starting lineup, they basically don't have any position battles 
almost, except for maybe their receiver position. It's a stable Even stable with the team. Joey Horton incident over the weekend? <laughs> I don't know if that's... It, it looks like last year's roster. Basically, yeah. Stable. And I'm yet, gonna, I feel like a I, team, they're the team a lot of people are dinging as well. Listen, like this is a nice season and all, but just not going to happen again. I mean... Why are we looking at them as, as someone that can't get back to the AFC Championship Everybody in a weak AFC? Everybody hates the quarterback. Right, and that's why the grade is an eight because it's an it's an oh. original concept. Okay, but I got to take two points off for the same reason I take points off for the Jaguars organization from ten to eight or from eight to six. No, it is an eight. It would have okay. been a ten for the originality of the concept. Okay, but you got to dock points because Greg has the same flaw as the Jaguars. He doesn't believe the quarterback counts in the stable factor. And well, it's like it's only the most important. I mean, it doesn't mean good at every position. Just he, means he said it just it was consistent, and Blake, I think it Blake is. Blake Bortles is the most the in, quarterback. unstable quarterback in I the see league. What you're saying, but in terms of right. roster turnover, Matt, though, right? But if your if your franchise quarterback is unstable, your entire organization is. I agree with that, but I think unstable. that more answers my question about why we're downgrading them. Mm. Greg's conceit was that they have not had turnover, and they've had no turnover at quarterback. All right, Tony Reale just gave. Uh, no, Sessler, no. One I'll point. be the reality around here. And stable has several meanings. <laughs> we're, we're using all of them. All right. They just gave Wes two points. Remember <laughs> remember when we used to have the stable? The Wes's had, Wes had his stable. Stable of boys? Yeah. Stable of boys. That's what it was. That was like the Mark Ingram year, I think. Mm. My goodness. How time has flown. Greg, you've done it again. You wrote an incredible um, <laughs> banger, a series of bangers. So check it out, especially if you're a football nerd. But now that you're in... I'm sure your curiosity must be piqued a little bit. You're saying, wait a second, I am. I wouldn't consider myself a football nerd, but I really enjoyed that segment, and I feel like Greg knows what he's talking about. Let me dive in. We just got a whole new demographic that could be coming to your content. Come, yeah, come at me. <laughs> come with me. <laughs> come at me. <laughs> come at me, come with me, either or, uh, as long as you move the needle. Into the singularity. Uh, all right. Now, you may have already heard a little slip of the tongue from the sizzler, but that's not a big deal. I mean, if it was a big deal, we would have cut it out of the show. But we said, ah, what the hell? We'll just leave it in the show. I thought it was appropriate. Right. I'm, Unlike I thought our, what I did was appropriate. It was a tease. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little hint. It was a little hint. If, you Easter know what? Egg, Here's if, the thing. I don't want people to feel like when they find out, oh, there's a big surprise, then the surprise is revealed being like, hmm, little underwhelmed. This way I prevent anyone feeling that way right. about our guests. And then they said, they said I'm, I knew this was coming and I couldn't be happier. Although it's hard to imagine anyone feeling I, that way. Right. I don't, I don't know how people that your feel. Mind went there. I don't know how people feel. Were. I mean, it's not, it's, you know, it's not <laughs> a little like, Debbie. More like the Heat and Slight podcast. Oh! <laughs> 12 out of 10. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the, uh, the Hard Knocks video of the dance contest yeah. and the guy goes running across the Chiefs locker room. <laughs> All right, here we go, <laughs> Bernard Pollard. Let's button down now. From the Around the NFL podcast line, direct to a haunted mansion in New Jersey. Yes, he is a man who, once upon a time, single guy, a young beat reporter, kid on the rise, and then life intruded. It was serious time- journal. Yeah, serious journal. It was time to get married, and then it was time to get the mortgage. And then it was time to have the kid. And now here we are in 2018. Connor Orr with a beautiful, healthy baby girl in the home. And guess what that means? Even though there's a kid in the house, 
Connor Orr has to get things off his chest. So let's start, though, by just saying <laughs> hello to Connor. It's been a while. Uh, we had that little mishap where you got escorted out of Lucas Oil Stadium at the Combine. <laughs> so you're, you're no longer uh, detained by uh, security there, apparently. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I would certainly suggest that there's at least some sort of a tap a phone tap situation going on, but you guys all know that working for the league. That's pretty standard. <laughs> obviously. So. Obviously. Uh, how are you, buddy? Because uh, we miss you, obviously, now that you're over at the MMQB. Uh, but your life has changed now. Yeah, you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm a dad, which is uh, And which congratulations is from all of us. Yeah, you know, uh, everything is good. I'm trying to figure out now how to be like, you know, you want to be like the ultimate dad and... Uh, you know that's uh, it's it's my it's mind blowing. Like you know, she's not old enough yet where I can like go over the top with wild gifts and stuff. So I have to be like the dad who understands how to uh, to to have her talk faster than anyone else or walk faster than anyone else. <laughs> wow. so I'm trying to do that right now. <laughs> You're gonna be yeah. one of those guys. All right, so there you go. That that gives that gives you a basic idea of what where Connor's head is at right now. But as you know, uh, when we have Connor on, we we give him a forum to get things off his chest. And uh, just because he's a new dad, it doesn't mean there's no longer any issues in his life. In fact, it might be the opposite. So with Connor back amongst us, let us now bring it on back with another edition of Are You Kidding Me? What's grinding your gears, Connor? <laughs> I, uh, I miss that music. Um, <laughs> I, I would say, you know, it's it, it's the funniest thing to me. Like after after you have a kid, everyone says, "Well, I have to come over and I have to, I have to hold the baby," and it's like, why? It's, it's it belongs to me. It's not it's it's not something that you have. So you know why why are you doing this? Hands now, off it, the it, property! <laughs> it's mine. I created it with my wife. <laughs> So, in other words, you don't like the idea that you, your baby, this beautiful thing that you created with your wife, is now some type of toy to be passed back and forth. Yeah, it's not like it's not like when you got an Xbox when you were little and everybody came over and you know you had multiple controllers. This is like you know this is one this is one thing that's like only used to a very certain environment, and now you know like distant relatives from from the great beyond have showed up now to to touch this kid, and I haven't seen them in eight years. You know. So that you don't like that. You you rather it be more insular. This is a special moment. This new family structure. You don't need outsiders coming in to encroach on your territory. Yeah, I'm building a I'm building a, a fence front and backyard, <laughs> and then we're just gonna kind of just give some certain people the code, and then that's it. You know? My haunted mansion is turning into a compound. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else grinding your gears right now? Connor, are you at all concerned uh, that this rant is similar to an episode of Seinfeld, who you famously brought up in this segment? Very fair point. um, As one of the least funny shows ever. (laughs) This very segment. uh, Ironic. Oh, uh, well, if that is a similar bit, then I have gotten not I've gotten unfunny. All, know, I, I think uh, that all I'd say is Connor's. I mean, the Seinfeld one was a, going a over different. going over and seeing the baby. Con, what Connor Jerry, seems to be very down baby. on. Connor does. You seem to be anti-human contact. You don't want your baby being touched by people that you consider not inner circle. Yeah, you know what the best part of it was, right? Like as soon as, as soon as she was born, I got to I got to sit in this like 
in this enclosed space in, in the hospital. And then the, when the nurse said, when, when, when you have people come over, I'll, I'll, I'll draw up the blind and they can point and wave. And there's like eight inches of plexiglass in between. And that's totally perfect. And so I'm just going to try to do a similar setup over here. You know? <laughs> uh, so it does seem like this is all pointing toward you being one of those. And I, I don't mean this in a negative way, but a cliche, overly protective father of your little girl. Is that is that where we're heading here? You know what? Uh, I would say yes. I mean, like, ideally you'd like that, but you have to have some sort of, like, you know, every dad that I've run into that's like that down the road, like, you have to have some sort of intimidating sort of outward features. You have to look like the guy from, like, Orange County Choppers in order to do that because you're like, hey, you know, don't mess with my daughter, but I look like, you know, like fat Ted Cruz with a beard, and I can't really, you know, <laughs> I can't really feel like, hey, don't pick on my kids. They'll be like, yeah, whatever, you know, and they'll probably pick up more. No one is intimidated by Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> what a lick. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you uh, want to say? Or are you kidding me, I guess, if I could. There you go. Evelyn. Marie or whoa, emo for short. That's right. Planned, pre-planned. How about that? that? Uh, Congratulations to you and the wife who did most of the work. Let's be honest here. Connor did some work. You know what? I I mean, uh, I I was I was a source of steady encouragement, and uh, and I drove ten miles an hour on the way home with my four ways on. So that was my contribution to the whole thing. Oh, that's sweet. Congratulations, Connor. What a, Thanks, what a family. You've, you've always been the most mature one of us, so this <laughs> really makes sense. Very nice. It's leading to my inevitable early breaking point, right? Like it's 39. <laughs> oh, it's coming. you be like, wow. Like they're going to have like the Save the Connor special on the Around the NFL podcast. <laughs> Just, that would be amazing. Just easy on the accelerator with the protective dad bit because she will rebel like crazy. That's, and I mean, I don't speak from experience, but I've seen a lot of TV and movies. <laughs> It's good to know. I'll let I'll let my wife know too. All right, that, that, that the podcast gang weighed in. All right, Connor, <laughs> uh, we miss you and uh, continued uh, greatness over at SI. All right, see you guys. Bye, bye, Connor. Farewell. There you go, Connor or new dad. We're all dads, except for Wes. Just a matter of time. There. He hit on one thing. Yeah. The I will say the scariest one of the scariest events of life was. Like when Luke and Colton, and I'm sure you would agree to some degree, they are like two days old. You're putting them in the back seat of a car, and then it's like the task is to drive to your house in insane L.A. traffic and highway nonsense without anything bad happening. Well, there's that. And also, and I don't think you dealt with this, Mark, but uh, we did the C-section route. So you also have a wife that is had major surgery, essentially, and hitting bumps or anything like that is not only uh, something that – uh, would get her upset, it could actually lead to an issue where you have to go back to the hospital. So it is a highly stressful. It's an added layer right there. A loaded moment of stress. But there's also, and I, I say this, and all kidding aside, Wes, something to look forward to in life uh, if, if you do go down this road. One of the best feelings in the world is the first time you get to the house with your new baby. Oh, yeah. First, the first the full day at home was one yeah, of the that is days nice. of my life. That's sure. the good stuff. All right. We will be back on Wednesday, and it will be the return every year. It's an annual thing. We need to always uh, check in and make sure it's updated as we enter a new season. The Dalton scale 
Oh, calibrated okay. for 2018. Uh, so make sure uh, the scientists are going to have their, their pens and their pads out. And uh, also, you know, Mark and I. I still view myself as a guy upstairs in the kitchen, hang out with Mark. You're not the only one. Talking shop. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, so we will uh, recalibrate the Dalton scale, figuring out who is the prime meridian, meridian of NFL quarterbacks if it is still Andy Dalton. So there's a little cliffhanger for you. Until then, this is Dan Hansa signing off for a quiet storm. The mailman, the old boss, Lindsey Fulton behind the glass. Are you kidding me? Till Wednesday! You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss in the land of saints and sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.